Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the podcast where two dear beloved friends face off head to head to try and find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. And, you know, folks, let me tell you, it's, it's been a rough one. We all know that Jeff Bezos is an evil man, but you really, you, you can't say enough about how terrible of a person he is, as he is desperately trying to undermine this very podcast that you are listening to. And a great purging, a culling, if you will, has occurred. And many of the terrible movies that we've covered on this show and uh, we're planning on covering on this show have been removed. So it's really thrown the show into disarray. We've had to circle the wagons and, and figure things out here. And I think we're back on track, though. Uh, Myros, what, what do you say? Are, are, we, are we in good shape now, you think? Uh, well, it's going to take more research than ever, which is uh, unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I just want to apologize to the the dedicated listenership, which is probably like three people, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a hiatus because this situation really did, uh, throw us for a loop. And, uh, also Steve's been on uh, moving house. So we we're just kind of had to regroup a little bit, but yeah. yeah, we should be back on the regular firing at all cylinders. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty rough. And, uh, you know, if you think about it though, we're really doing you a favor. We watched these things. We had to experience them. We've been wasting our life. And if you are following along at home, now you don't have to waste your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of, it, it is kind of an interesting thought process because as much as we give Amazon shit for not curating their content uh, and allowing all of this stuff out of their streaming service, conversely you run into a situation like this and I, and it makes you think like, yeah, where's all this stuff going now? Like it's, there's nowhere else for it to go. I guess it's almost like they had, uh, in a way they almost had like a, a community driven streaming service in the sense that like something like YouTube exists as, and I guess some of this stuff could find its way to YouTube, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it It's kind of unfortunate. And you don't know what you got till it's gone, I guess. I That's... I, I kind of miss this trash uh, trove we had going here. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great. And, well, the other part about it, too, is it makes me wonder how many of these terrible things were just unceremoniously dumped on Amazon and then forgotten about. So now it's like, unless the creator happens to recognize that the movie is gone, I, if they don't know it's gone, how can they put it anywhere else? So... I, I, you know, and a lot of these, I really think they only exist here. And these are movies that most of them seem to have IMDb pages, but a lot of them, they're not on Letterboxd. They're not on other streaming services, obviously, but they're, they're not on YouTube. They're not on Vimeo. They're not on Daily Motion. If you Google them, nothing comes up. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to say where a lot of the stuff's going to go, but RIP to some real trash that we will never get to watch probably. Uh, yeah, so. we had got a little peek, I guess, into the, the process here with our, our last episode where we talked about uh, Doug Phillips, right? And mm -hmm. he was seemingly notified by Amazon that uh, the film we had intended to watch had been removed. 
uh, for viewership reasons. So I, I think that is really the only algorithmic uh, method behind this great purge. It, so, it's, it's just low viewings are they don't want to spend the bandwidth on things that that aren't being viewed. Okay, so hear me out here. What if, let's say the podcast picks up steam, could we conceivably like be a cog in this trash machine that perpetuates the existence of these movies? <laughs> if we can get enough listeners here to really start following these things, I mean that that could be the solution. So by by not only listening to this show and supporting Optimism Vaccine, but also following along at home because you hate yourself and you like this podcast, uh, you can help save film. This is about film preservation. That's what this podcast is truly about. That's true. That's true. And uh, we have not gotten a hold of Doug Phillips. I know it's our it's our intent to do so eventually, I think, because his his voice is so unique and insane. Uh, I want to speak to the man personally, but uh, <laughs> I, I would encourage a lot of these filmmakers to uh, to look at YouTube, something of that nature, because uh, I, I realize you're probably looking at it on paper and I don't know what you're you're getting out of Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. but uh, you're not getting more exposure than you would get on YouTube. You're getting it's not like Amazon's pushing your film. It, it is just a repository for your film. And, you know, if you're utilizing ad revenue on YouTube, I'm sure you have a very similar, maybe even a more generous earning potential, especially if something were to get a little viral, you know? There you go. There you go. All right. Well, hey, let's let's get the let's get things rolling here with the show this week. So, Myros, what are our rules for cost of content? Just give us give us our, our weekly refresh. Uh well, it has been a while, so they might need a refresh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I need one too. Yeah, yeah, me too. I got to go back through all these damn things again because our lists have been decimated. But uh, we have the rules. Uh, we we're only allowed when picking these films to use what uh, the streaming service in in this in almost every case uh, Amazon Prime provides us with. And a lot of times that's up to the filmmaker. Maybe they've cut a trailer. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they didn't upload it. Uh, if they don't have a trailer, we can't go searching for it. We can't look at scenes of the film. We just got to use what's listed on the streaming service. Uh, we are also not allowed to select any found footage movies. Uh, hell, we might have to bend that rule, though. That we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. But uh, it, it just tends to get a little redundant with the found footage. Uh, very similar plots. Very similar pacing. Uh, we don't need 10 episodes that are identical. So we try and stay away from that. Uh, beyond that, we have our Godfrey whole clause, which is to say one film per director. Can't bring back a director. We've already talked about, uh, at least not in the quote unquote competitive portion of the podcast. Uh, occasionally we're probably going to have a, some special episodes where we'll, we'll bring back some old favorites. Uh, but in general, no new director every time. And beyond that, we are also have nothing either of us have seen before so uh you can't bring in a ringer you can't say well, i saw this it was terrible you gotta bring it into the competition nope no it's got to be fresh, fresh for both of us uh that tends to be the rule all these rules are are kind of dedicated toward that purpose we want to keep it fresh for us we want to keep it fresh for you guys uh we want to attack uh something that uh, probably almost no one has ever seen honestly most weeks so uh yeah. Then we also have 
our Georgia rule, which is not hard and fast. And, uh, well, maybe we'll have to tack California onto that after this fucking travesty. Of a week. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, no we- films made in, in the, uh, in the state where most movies are made. Oh, well, probably not most of the movies we fucking watch for this. That's true. <laughs> They're probably mostly made in like Saskatoon or something. Uh, but yeah, we've had some bad luck with this Georgia, uh, film grant business. Uh, a lot of stuff getting pumped out of there. That's pretty unsavory. Uh, in content, and it's yeah, they're on notice. A couple more bad Georgia films, and they're they're out. They're out. All right, that's fair. Okay, so this week we uh, I I, I kind of went into a different direction, and I chose to go with a children's film, which I've done before. And an animal film, which I've done before, but I've never done a children's animal film. So th- this was a, this is a big reach for me. Also, I took a risk. I think this is possibly the most high budget thing we've ever done on cost of content. With uh, maybe the only exception is uh, your choice for episode one, uh, the thirteenth Friday. That seemed to have a bit of a budget to it. So maybe maybe that's the competition here. But I, I went I went big budget. I went kids, I went animals, and uh, we watched Doggy B. Uh, Myros, what is Doggy B? Ah, uh, boy. It, it's... <laughs> I think it's a movie that they, like, cut together to try and sell to, like, the the uh, ABC Family Network or something. Uh, but they couldn't clear that low bar. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they They could not. They absolutely could not. So Doggy B is very interesting to me because the film is, well, we could start with the name, Doggy B. Uh, if you go on Amazon, there's actually two versions of this movie that have been uploaded. One is Doggy B, spelled D-O-G-G-Y, and then the letter B. And the other is Doggy B, spelled D-O-G-G-I-E, and the letter B. So there's just two versions up on Amazon because fuck it, it's Amazon. Why not? Uh, <laughs> in addition to that, the the movie should clearly be called Doggy Boogie. There is a dog dancing school that is central to the film that is called Doggy Boogie. There is a song that plays where they sing about the Doggy Boogie. There's uh, Why would you not call this Doggy Boogie? Because it is about dancing dogs. It is not about a single dog named B. And to further confuse you on these things, I thought this was going to be a movie about a dog who uh, like has dog friends. Like I was expecting talking animals, and then there's like a like a, a dog on the cover that is looking cool and has like a like turntables. So I was expecting dog DJ. Like maybe a human turns into a dog who is a DJ and then there's doggy dance parties. I did not get any of that. There's just misdirection everywhere. So you'll you'll note if you look on IMDB that it does have an alternate original title of Doggy Boogie. Uh, unfortunately, it, it also has the subtitle of Get Your Gur On. Um, is that just the tagline or is that the subtitle? No, no it, is, it is part of the title. We have Doggy Boogie. Uh, dash, get your gur on, exclamation point. Uh, that is the original title of the film. Uh, Wonderful. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I found myself questioning this exact thing as the, the film closed. I was like, what 
is Doggy B and why is the movie called Doggy B? It, it's clearly meant to be called Doggy Boogie. Did they somehow... Uh, were they barred from using this title for some reason? I don't know. <laughs> and I looked into that too because I was like, is the, you know, is the doggy boogie like a a, a, a trademarked or a copyright written uh, dance or something that already exists? Is it another movie? It doesn't seem to be. So I don't, I don't understand any of this. It's, uh, it's just poor choice all around. But I, I don't know why you would do it. I assume they ran into some sort of trademark issue, but damn. That's too bad. That's really too bad. Especially after uh, Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's worked so hard to write so many songs, including the uh, the titular Doggy Boogie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I almost wish this had... Uh, you'll never hear me say this sentence, but I almost wish this were a, a talking dog movie. <laughs> I, was, I was really going... Well, and, you know, you, you might think, well, talking dog, that's, that's hard for a, a low-budget family film. No, no, we've done talking a dog before love on a leash a much lower budget films much lower budget much worse somehow well i don't know that's hard to say uh, love on a leash it, it uh, goes all the way more, back around i mean yeah, it's, it's more it's, entertaining yeah, sure. way <laughs> more entertaining uh but it's you know the, the first look test where you're just like because this is what we have to do for costed content the first thing you have to answer is the question does this function as an actual film like is there is there lighting is there like synced dialogue is there actual camera movement like what what boxes does it check so that we know that we're watching a a, a film and not just somebody's home movie and uh it, it checks all the boxes the, the the quick look test says this is a movie that you could probably see on television you'd be like man that's a piece of shit but you wouldn't say this doesn't belong on you know the Hallmark Channel at two in the afternoon on a Sunday, like it, it, it fits, it works. Uh, yeah, but, I'm sure there's like a, a very similar level of quality product airing on uh, Disney Channel or Nickelodeon midday. Sometimes, I mean, a lot of these movies for kids are just abject fucking trash and annoying as hell, and, and this falls into both categories. This is yeah, it's it's a step down from classics like uh, Fred the Movie. Fred two, Fred three, you know all those yeah. all those good ones from the uh, the mid aughts. Uh, it, it's it's a definite definite step down. This is kind of like when you're watching the the shitty Christmas movies that Lifetime and Hallmark kind of pump out uh, starting in November. Uh, this is like a, just probably a, a full step down from those, but still better than most of the shit we watch. But anyways. Doggy Boogie or Doggy B or Doggy B alternate spelling, whatever you want to go with, is a uh, it's a children's movie and it is about the uh, the sport, uh, the the contest, the the hobby. I don't know what you would call it. Dog dancing, which I looked up. This is a real thing that real people do who somehow have lower self-respect than I have for myself. Well, you uh, you remember the classic King of the Hill episode, you know, where he's dancing with his bloodhound? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so there, there you go. It's it's basically that, but not good. And it, it's when it starts, too, it, it actually starts with one of these doggy dancing competitions. And if I didn't know any better, like if you just threw Fred Willard in there, I would assume that this was a joke. But this is very real. This is very <laughs> serious. Um yeah, and so 
there is your your evil like Cruella Deville doggy dancer who has been winning for ten years straight. Uh, there is the uh, younger, uh, slightly younger upstart who's uh, a big player in the doggy dancing world, but he can never get the gold because this evil Cruella Deville woman always gets it. Uh, and that is, of course, Pete Buttigieg, and <laughs> uh, which I'm I'm a hundred percent sticking to. This is Pete Buttigieg because he looks like Pete Buttigieg. He has the personality of Pete Buttigieg. He has similar like. Uh, feigns progressivism, but we know that at his heart he's a very conservative doggy dancer, and he's all flash but no substance. Um, also, his name in the movie is literally fucking Pete. So, yeah, uh, convince me that he's not Pete Buttigieg at this point. I, I there's nothing you can do. But anyways, uh, there is some shenanigans from Cruella Deville, and uh, she causes Pete Buttigieg to do a risky move. Uh, where and she like blinds him with a uh, like a compact mirror that she reflects light off of, and he, uh, he his dog breaks its neck or something. I don't fucking know. It, the dog gets hurt, and so he can't pay the bills anymore. And he's trying to you know run his doggy dancing school. Yada yada. Parallel narrative: We have a a, a teen girl who is clearly thirty. Uh, who is about to go off to to college? I don't know. Th- I actually, this might not be a case of she's clearly thirty, but she looks kind of old in this. Well, and, they don't do it her favors with like the hair. I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. It's like a very nineties. Like it's got that sort of like lift mm-hmm. thing going on. It just looks real, real bad. It makes her look old. Yeah, she she looks like she works at Wells Fargo. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of her vibe. But she's actually. Let's not she call is, her famous. By the way, she's, by she's the a way, real she person. Is, yeah. she, and she is she's our age. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, old, see? Yeah. Uh, so she was in, uh, or she was on the Nickelodeon show from, uh, it probably ran like mid-aughts, like 2005 to maybe two, before this movie came out. Clearly her career went a little downhill since then. Uh, but she was on in the Naked Brothers Band show. Do you remember that at all being a thing? Apparently, it's a thing. I, my, I think it's a little after my time. I yeah. like the tail end of my tolerating Nickelodeon shows was even like, you know, I'd watch the odd minute of iCarly before switching the station. I think this is even a little after that. So yeah, I, I and I know what it is just because my sister's ten years younger than me, so I, I think she watched this. So yeah, that's that's my frame of reference. But she's a real person. So we have we have one real person in this. We have it's a real movie with camera movement and it's it's lit properly and uh, it, it's I, there's parts of it that are actually well crafted. But anyways, the, the well, whole point of this you don't count Jane Weedlin as a real person. She she is a real. We've mentioned her, Jane Weedlin, real person. Yeah. Uh, she also has a small role in this too. Is uh, Dottie? Uh, I think your your Cruella Deville is also like a working actress. Yeah, she's working. I don't. I. I don't recognize her for anything, but she also real person. These are people with. And, and again, another good real person test is uh, when you look at them on IMDb. Do they have a picture associated with their profile? That usually helps. Oh, she's also she's also got a Nickelodeon credit. Yeah, yeah. not a not go. a recurring Nickelodeon credit, oh. but she has appeared on a Nickelodeon program. I, I got a, I got a theory about all that too. So the the point is is Naked Brother Lady. She is going to college to become a lawyer because her mom's a lawyer. 
and her grandma was a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, here is our one dimensional parent character who is like, you got to be like me. And all she wants to do is be a, a vet. She wants to work with animals. And she has a fluffy, precocious white dog who looks like the snuggle bear. Uh, and his name is is like Pipe. What what is his name? Pazuzu or what? what something like that. Pijan or something like that. Yeah, Dijon. Dijon Pazuzu. And they're, they're having problems. Like their chakras aren't aligning or something. So... Uh, all of this happens, and she figures out what's going on with her dog, and she figures out that she needs to assert herself and do what she wants in her life, and blah, 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 blah. But the, the whole point of this thing is, holy fuck, this movie is, it is grating. It is absolutely grating to watch. There's, there's a lot going on, because it, it, this is what happens... People are like, oh, you know, what's what's wrong with, with billionaires? They work hard to get it. It's like, first of all, no, they did not. Second of all, rich people, this is what they do. They just use their money to pry themselves into industries and then take a dump on your chest. So this movie was written, directed, and produced by uh, one Romanus Walter. <laughs> Who I don't know, but let's just say independently wealthy man. It, it it's not famous. This is the only thing he's ever done. This is his dream project, clearly. And also, what I believe he thought would be a launch pad slash star vehicle for his dog Pazuzu, uh, who plays himself in this movie, uh, and is not very talented. Sorry, big deal. Your dog can stand as little hinders and and flap his little front paws. Yeah, a lot of dogs can do that. Any dog begging for a treat, sorry. So, uh, you had that going on. And then I believe he has to be friends with Jane Weedlin. That's the only thing that makes sense because she she has a, a role in this movie. She wrote almost all the original songs for it. I think she's one of the producers on it as well. She's got a, She's got her hands in a lot of stuff here. So, this is just one giant vanity project that they were shooting for, okay, the Disney Channel picked this up, Nickelodeon will pick this up, someone will pick this up, and it will be a thing. And unfortunately for Mr. Romanus Walter, it doesn't look like it was ever a thing. No, I don't think it was a thing. No. That's because it's terrible. It is. It's it's pretty unwatchable. So one, one more thing that I will say in this movie's defense, not that I'm supposed to be defending it because I'm supposed to be telling you why it's the fucking worst, uh... <laughs> There's this one scene where I, I for one tiny moment, I respected Romanus Walter. So you got to think this is, it's probably a decent budget, but we're still doing low budget indie filmmaking here. So I think they had a pretty tight schedule that they had to stick to. Plus, there's, I, I don't know if these are, are like sag dogs or what, but there's probably a lot of rules about <laughs> when they could film and when they couldn't. And there's a car chase scene at one point. And I think the day that they were shooting the car chase, it started to rain. So what do you do? Well, if you're a, a you know bigger budget film, you go, well, we're not shooting this today. We're going to you know shoot something else or we'll just delay or whatever. But they did something amazing, which is the car chase starts off and the sun is out. And then there's a quick cut and they play a stock thunder noise. 
and then the next shot is like the sky is dark and and the windshield wipers are going and it's raining for the for the rest of the car chase and i was just like that see this is the attention to detail that you don't get in a lot of these shit movies that we watch and that one moment i was like oh yeah good job where you're watching anything else you're like fuck you that was <laughs> really <laughs> shitty but this you're like no you did you did great you did great with what you which with what you had well, uh, i suppose that car chase also highlights is is uh Good use of resources in that he he must have just known someone who had this fucking ridiculous vehicle, yes? Oh, this this screams <laughs> of eccentric multimillionaire billionaire man who is just throwing money around because there is like some Baz Luhrmann-esque set design and costume design in here that has it's it's bizarre. I would say 80% of the of the budget went to set design costume design uh 10% went to the the one girl from the Naked Brothers band who actually had some name recognition and then the other 10% is just the rest of the movie um i'm pretty sure i would be willing to bet almost anything that this man is involved in the dog dance community and these are probably his doggy dance friends if i had to guess uh oh boy though so i i don't the the problem with Doggy B, <laughs> well, I, I think we yeah, we ought to describe this this car a little bit. By the You're, way, yeah, yeah, it's, maybe, it's, maybe you, yeah, we shouldn't gloss over this. I, my brain's kind of fried <laughs> from watching this shit today. But when I'm talking about the costume design and the set design, this this car, there's there's two black people in the whole movie. This is important to note. You would have and, thought this was a, an important character in the film. You you would state. you would think so, but they, they are only used to get our main character from point A to point B, but there's, there's two black people in the whole movie. Both of them have ridiculously exaggerated, like faux Jamaican accents. Yes, indeed. And so when Pazuzu, the dog is, is sick, like he won't stop fainting because his chakras are misaligned. And so they, they keep calling the vet, and the vet's like, there's nothing wrong with your stupid dog. Quick, call me. He just faints, whatever. He's a real dick about it. And then his little vet assistant is just like, you should take him to the natural healing clinic for dogs, which, again, more rich people shit. That's 100%. Like, this definitely exists somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. And and it's a grotesque uh, example of modern capitalism run amok. They try to charge this person like $6,000 to get its dog chakras realized. Yeah. Exactly, which is 100% some Beverly Hills shit. And and also the way that they present it is like, they're like, oh, it's going to be $6,000. And she's like, whoa, I'm a college kid. That's so much money. But also it has this little air of it where you're like, I think in the filmmaker's eyes, it's supposed to be like for a kid, this is a lot of money. But for him, he's like, that's a reasonable amount. <laughs> but the way that she gets from her mansion to, uh, you know, Casa de Chakra or whatever it's called, it's called the... Oh, it's got some dumb pun name, but it, it's called uh, it's like, in here somewhere. Uh, it's like some sort of a the Growly uh, Healing Center or something. Uh, it's got Gur in the name or something. Uh, so the way they get there is she's leaving for college, and the the one of the guys from the Shocker place rolls up in his car, which seems to be it's like a Buick, like an '80s Buick that is covered in like dry erase markers and when i when i say covered i don't mean like there's the i mean literally the whole thing it's a car made out of dry erase board markers yep. that this person just has 
And then Pazuzu jumps into the car and then a, a chase ensues. So th that is that is the whole thing. And then we get to the, the dog chakras. And it turns out that uh, it, they will... <laughs> this is great, too. They're like, it's going to be $6,000 to realign your dog chakras and do, you know, like chakra therapy. And she's like, oh, I can't pay for that. Ah. And they strike a deal where it'll only be half the amount... If these people get backstage passes to the like the World Cup of doggy dancing and they get to meet her uncle, who is Pete Buttigieg. And so that's bullshit. What, <laughs> you're not going to chakra line for free for this like once in a lifetime experience to meet your idol. Nah, 50 percent off. You get the friends and family discount for this this gracious thing. So she's trying to figure out how to raise money, and it turns out she's going to use Pazuzu to become a doggy dancer. That is that is kind of the uh, the thrust See, of the this, narrative. I had a bit of a, a lapse of attention, which this movie will surely induce in any human. But so uh, she sells the only uh, token she has from her her deceased father in order to pay this fucking insane chakra bill. This is... Uh, but she sells it, I think, for like $12,000, but independently, Uncle Pete Buttigieg is in some sort of debt himself. I believe Cruella de Vil has, has like purchased his the deed to his school-slash-house because he's overdue on mortgage or some such thing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, yeah, the, she sells the only uh, piece of memory she has of her father, and uh, I'm glad she did that for this dog that must be, like, 12 years old if it's having these fainting spells. And uh, It makes perfect sense to me. But anyway, she sells it for, like, 12 grand and gives the rest to her uh, deadbeat uncle, uh, even though that's not enough to pay his debts. Uh, so they then join the competition in order to make uh, the remainder of the money necessary to keep his uh, business slash home. I don't think he's got a viable business, to be honest with you. I, I would mean, suggest you might be onto something there. He's, uh, well, and they, they keep, they're, they're always like, oh man, his place is such a dump. And I'm like, this is, it's clearly like a Beverly Hills mansion. Like maybe you need to downgrade Mayor Pete. Think Did about they that. also like lose the rights to like uh, cheese puffs or something? Because uh, yeah. he's clearly got a house filled with cheese puffs that they keep referring to as as some sort of pumpkin snack. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, why? That's not the thing that people eat. It's a cheese puff, and the entire reason he has it is because uh, the color orange is supposed to be healing for his injured dog. So why don't we just say cheese puff? What what is all this pumpkin horseshit? Yeah. Well, and and before I said that. Romanus Walter has like he's got Baz Luhrmann aspirations here, but really I think he's going for, um, like I don't I don't know. It's got like a he's trying to do like a P, a Pee Wee Herman like Pee Wee's Big Adventure type of vibe. Like he thinks he's quirky or something, but this is this is not it. He's he's more late era Tim Burton in his thought process and execution than he is early Burton. Uh, so there's yeah, all kinds of like wacky that. stuff. Oh, look, he made a cheese puff sculpture. And uh, yeah, it's come on, man. Just stop. Just stop. None of this is fun or quirky. It's it's all cringe. It's just cringe across the board. And I, kids, I don't see why. I mean, maybe this appeals to children because kids like dogs and stupid shit. But I don't know. 
if, if you're there's not enough going on in this movie to keep a child entertained, right? Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I children have a smaller attention span than we do. Uh, um, I mean, and this this is on my interest. I I should have unchained one of the kids I keep in my basement and just, you know, let him watch the movie with me so that I figure it out. But maybe next time we do a children's movie. Uh, So, yeah, you normally would have more dogs. You would you would really highlight the dogs because, you know, kids like dogs. Yeah, and like especially dogs. talking dogs. Yeah. Why do these dogs talk? Your dogs should talk and there should be more of them. These are my notes for the script. There are just a lot of these characters who are just, I don't know. Maybe they're trying, but it's some bad stuff. Especially we have constant cutting back to this uh, mother who is trying to find the dog who is not lost. But my God. There's some logic leaps, but nonetheless, every time they cut to her, she's just going real big and she can't act at all. And it's just nope. like this broad comedy shit that is fucking grating as hell. Everybody's going real fucking big. I mean, not that they have anything to work with here, but whew, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's not great. It's not great stuff. Uh, yeah. So uh, to the surprise of no one. Oh, we should also mention that. Cruella DeVille has a nephew slash son slash grandson uh, that <laughs> I don't I don't know what the family thing is. It's a joke, but it just makes it seem like incesty and weird. But she's got this kid who's supposed to be like, oh, I'm so awkward and I don't know anything. And he's like helping her cheat, but he's not into it. And he's the one who actually. Uh, helps our our heroine here uh, win the doggy dance contest by teaching her some cool moves. Ooh, I see the character's name is Roman. I wonder if he's a director insert. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I really hope so. So he's... This is good, too, because this dog sucks ass. Like, Pazuzu is not good at dog dancing at all. Not a star. So they, they show all these these scenes where it's like, oh, and here's this doggy dancer, and this dog's jumping through hula hoops, and this one's doing this cool rolly thing, and this one's doing that. And then the Pazuzu thing is just like, oh, look, he walked through her legs and then, like, rolled on the ground and did the begging for food on his hind legs thing. Like, it's, it's nothing. He's shit. He's trash. He's a trash dog. And uh, But wouldn't you know, eventually he wins by doing a triple flip in the end. And the end of this, too, is I don't get this at all. So you're going to have to walk <laughs> me through this. because I, I kind of thought this was the only part of the movie that I enjoyed watching. There's, um, so, there's, well, well, okay. There's, there's, <laughs> like, there's like two big things that happen, both of which yeah. out, of, out of left field. The first is, like, so you would not, if you were going to make a list of movies, like, will this have... A uh, you know like a werewolf transformation scene, a la American Werewolf of London or The Howling. Uh, I would not put Doggy B on that list, but I would be wrong because at at some point, Corella Deville is revealed backstage as a cheater by her son, lover, grandson, nephew, and she like goes to do something like slap him or just she like sticks her hand out. And she gets poked by her her doggy steroids that she's been yes. pumping her dog full of. Yes, at which right. point she goes into a full transformation scene where she turns into a dog and then 
unknown men come and, and wrap her in chains and drag her off, and then we don't talk about that again. Yes, this is something that happens. It's not addressed again. Just dragged off in chains, literal chains. Not, yeah. not like handcuffs or, you know, uh, things of that. No, just they wrap her in chains. So that's weird. That's a weird thing. And then uh, the Naked Brother Band girl goes out and she just starts talking shit to the judges. She's like, you don't let first time people win and you guys are crooked. And blah. Well, Which I mean, they, she has a point. Uh, considering the, the, that old Romanus decided he made the decision and you could you could say it worked or it didn't uh, because it was undoubtedly the most enjoyable part of the movie, but it also undercuts his finale that he did choose to include actual footage of this dog dancing competition uh, with actual dog dancing dogs and owners who can do this well. Uh, and of course, that's more entertaining. You get to see some good pooches doing good things. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, okay, I could watch this. But it, it therefore, when we get to then Cruella and uh, our protagonists, it's just like, well, these people are fucking shit. Why would they be the top two people in this competition? Oh, but, sure, yeah. So her berating of the judge in that sense makes uh, total sense because you see they're given like these these really good uh, acts, like a six, and they gave old Cruella like a ten for fucking doing jack squat. Well, here's uh, the problem, though, and it's a it's a two prong issue. <laughs> First, this is this is not addressed. In the, in the first competition at all or in any subsequent discussions they have about the dog dancing competition. Like, at no point are they like, oh, these judges, you're really going to have to oppress them because blah, blah. Like, it's not talked about at all. And then the other part of it is the whole thing, she's doing it specifically to get herself disqualified. Yes. Yes. So that her uncle can do it because she just wants to be a vet and, well, not a vet, a dog chakra aligner. Uh, and that's, that is her calling and dog dancing is the calling of Pete Buttigieg. And so she gets herself disqualified. So Pete Buttigieg can win the competition and get the gold that he deserves. Fine. Why wouldn't you, is this the way to do it? Why wouldn't you just like, if you don't talk about this shit at all. At, throughout the movie, why wouldn't you just have like a heartfelt scene, which these movies love heartfelt scenes. Why wouldn't you have a heartfelt scene where she just goes, you know, blah, 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 and this is your dream, and I want you to take Pazuzu out there, Pete, and just make it happen. Like, that would that would be fine. <laughs> That's totally okay. And, and for some reason, though, we have to do this thing just so she could say, like, your judging is a bunch of doggy poop. Like, that's that's the big zinger line. There we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. Maybe you could just feign an injury. It seems like an odd choice to to kind of poison the well against your uncle with the judges. Yeah. But sure. Uh, well, and that's I, the other uh, part too. It's like, aren't you? Aren't yeah? You're 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 fucking shit up, aren't you? You would think. You would think. I I all I can say is, again, this at least this part of the movie was fucking doing something. It wasn't just a bunch of like rich hippie idiots uh, throwing money at dogs for no reason. And it, and I love dogs as much as anyone, but uh, this is all just kind of grotesque to me. It's, it, but anyhow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's, it's, it's a bad choice. It's a series of bad choices. But the, at the end of this movie, at least, again, I'm like, well, I got to see some of these dogs doing cute things. And and uh, maybe the movie should have been about those dogs instead of the ones we got. But mm-hmm. nonetheless. Also, and the, I, yeah, and the I, insane I, choice of, uh, to have this fucking, like, turn the villain into a half poodle monster. I don't know where that came from, but. I'm here for it. Just keep yeah. doing bullshit like that. I'd be more entertained at least. Yeah, I'm 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 on board for the transformation. D- definitely didn't see that coming. So that that was a, a welcome surprise. And honestly, like, come on, man, Pete Buttigieg, bullshit. His finale sucked. Was not good. This is dog dancing. It is it is the fusion of trainer and dog in, in a dance together. When you when you have one person dancing and a dog just following you around, that is not dog dancing in my mind. And that's all it is. This is Pete Buttigieg's flash. He just switches all these costumes. Oh, look, he's Saturday Night Fever and he's disco dancing in front of his dog. Or now he's torn the fabric of space and time and done another outfit change. And now he's d- doing a different dance in front of the dog's not doing shit. No, this it is, just it does the same thing the whole time. It just stands on yeah. its hind legs and goes like. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Is this doggy boogie or is this Mayor Pete boogie? Because I, I came for the doggy boogie. That's what I'm here for. Please deliver. Not getting it. So, uh, yeah, this is a kid's movie and it sucks. Big, fat, sloppy ass. And uh, that's that's pretty much the long and short of it, I'd say. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that I think that the last 10 minutes or so redeemed it to an extent for me. I was just like, well... Because there were times in the middle of this movie where I was just like, I I could not watch the screen. I was just like, this is impossible to pay attention to. Like, how could anyone yeah. pay attention to this fucking movie? Uh, I, I want to say, too, uh, uh, correction, the name of the doggy chakra aligning yoga studio is Shangri-La. Okay, see, that's not the word I was looking for. I did find the word I was looking for. It's listed in the storyline of the... IMDb page where it says that P. Joe, which is is the dog's name, P. Joe, not not Pazuzu. That's a different movie. Uses the lessons of Barkananda to provide Cassie and Peter with a fresh start. This is this is fun. We have fun here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's good Barkananda. Stuff. Barkananda. Uh, this is a uh, what? What do you think Devin Farachi would think of this movie now that he is he is a, a practicing. Uh, buddhist yogi man what do you think do you think you'd get on board with this i think he probably just uses like a pricing reference how much he could charge rubes for his uh, yogi services <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good i mean that's he probably needs that at this point that's good to know well you know as much as we have our opinions on this movie but i'm always curious to see what the general public thinks and rest assured this has a lot of reviews most of which I would call definitely not legitimate IMDb reviews, but let's see. A few of these are so dumb, they have to be written by people who genuinely loved it. So here is a 10 out of 10 review. Great imaginative, fanciful film about coming into one's own with the help of man's best friends, parentheses, dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's who it is. Very cool, very cool. Um, oh, here's I like this one too. Uh, <laughs> I love the movie, and so has all my grandchildren. That's that's the name of Sherry, Sherry's review. That's the title. So Sherry says, "My entire family loved the movie. 
I am just concerned that you're calling the dog a Bichon Frise when he's actually a Bolognese. <laughs> Not just a pasta, folks. That is all. They come from the same family, but due to the size and length of the snout, long and shorter legs, he looks like a Bolognese. Bichons have a short snout and longer legs. Just might want to check it out. Winky face. <laughs> Steve, I've got a review as well. Uh, I'm, I'm here on Amazon, and uh, uh, this fellow Adrian had some things to say about it. He he did not give it a five-star review. He, he limited it to four stars. I guess he wasn't over the moon. But uh, this, this is saying something to me. Uh, the title of this review is Human Not Used Chat Dogs Actors Active Set Film Pretty Good All Full Length. Uh, the review reads as follows. Why dogs actor no active and no talk set film? Not <laughs> not alike dogs dance and music, uh, parentheses DJ, front ad picture. Human not use chat dogs actors active set film pretty good, all full length. <laughs> that is the extent of this four star review for Doggy wow. B. <laughs> I gotta bookmark this guy. He's got some insight. <laughs> <laughs> It pretty much sums up my thoughts. I think. Yeah, that's that's kind of where my brain was going with it. <laughs> um, I like this one out of ten review. It's it's my favorite, uh, like just style of review, which is several short sentences that are broken up. Like it's just like I wrote one sentence and then I hit enter twice and then I wrote another sentence and I hit enter twice. <laughs> so it says, "I rented this from Redbox. The picture displayed was different than the one here." I'm assuming that means the like the the cover art. I don't <laughs> It showed three dogs at a DJ booth at the beach wearing hip hop attire. This was never in the film. The movie was so bad, none of my kids would watch it. I watched it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> that just fucking rocks. Like you got your kids, they're just like, Mom, this sucks. I wanna go play fucking it's a game on your phone and they just leave and they just go do something and it's like I'm gonna play Pokemon Go I'm gonna look at porn I hate all this and then you're like well I paid a buck 99 at Redbox I'm riding it out it's just somebody's gotta watch it and then and then they're like and I'm gonna go on IMDB and under my handle cool-mommy I'm gonna write a review for this movie this is this is what I need to do so thanks cool mommy appreciate it uh, great, just, you know, great overall movie. And then there's a lot of 10 out of 10s that, oh, a captivating escape from reviewer Dogs Can Dance. This morning, I had the opportunity to view the movie Doggy Boogie at the Sonoma International Film Festival. That'll tell you kind of where this guy is, like social circles he runs in. I have now seen it twice and can't get enough. Very uplifting in a day and age where we need more positive joy. That's good. I, too much negative joy in my experience. So uh, they go on to say, I will definitely purchase the movie once it is available to the public. This movie is an incredible, joyous escape. I was captivated by the story from the minute it started through the credits. This was actually the second time I have seen it. You already said that, Grandpa. And was surprised that it still had that captivating effect despite knowing the outcome of the plot. So this is good. This is a... Uh, dogs can dance, who I believe is probably a retired Sonoma wine mom who is uh, just just sundowning on IMDb here. It's great, awesome stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is this is not. If you follow along at home, I guess watch it if you hate yourself, or if you hate your kids, or if you really like the Go Go's and you hate yourself and or hate your kids. That's that's all you got. And uh, you, you know, final thing I will say on this. 
another positive. Uh, I always wondered why Jane Wienland, she, she wrote all the songs pretty much for the Go-Go's, uh, at least all the hits, I think. And she, uh, she, she played rhythm guitar, she wrote all the songs, and she only ever sang backup. And I always wondered, why, why doesn't Jane sing on, on, more so- on more tracks? Why is it always Belinda Carlisle? And the answer is, listen to the song she sings in Doggy B. And you'll be like, mm, no, you probably shouldn't be. I'm sorry. I love you, Jane. I think you're great. But the, the Doggy Boogie is, is not your best work. So that's, that's about all I got. But, you know, Myros, <laughs> I'm glad we watched this, though, because your movie was also terrible, but on the complete opposite end of the terrible spectrum. Uh, well into the what the fuck did I just watch world where we, we talk about, okay, what are the hallmarks of is this a movie? And and you brought some high art to the table for this episode, my friend. Yeah, sure. High art with a fucking pot leaf on the cover. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think these filmmakers have been doing weed. <laughs> I, I brought a film... And astute listeners will know that this is, in fact, the film I announced last episode. Uh, Doggy B was not because, again, the the Great Purge eliminated Steve's original choice. But uh, this is called Chop Chop Chang colon Operation Chimp. Uh, Chimp is a chimp's an acronym, isn't it? It is not formatted like an acronym, but. And nor do I believe we are ever given a, uh, a a definition for chimp, but it is all capitalized, so it it, it it's in the a gray area. <laughs> this is just okay. So I'm gonna do the what is this movie? Um, uh, this you're is, welcome to, because I'm not sure. It's a fucking mess, is what it is. This is like this is some straight up like Bill Morrison guy Madden shit. <laughs> Uh, but if it was like, if you just took the biggest bong rip ever and started just editing together stock footage and CIA footage, and you're like, this is going to be a movie about a monkey assassin. And it's kind of like a faux documentary that's primarily made up of just stock footage. But what you're saying here makes it sound kind of interesting. Uh, unfortunately, it's not, <laughs> it's, they, the, the splicing involves some original footage, uh, which we'll surely get into, but it, with, uh, again, the stock CIA footage it is used occasionally to affect, but all of the original stuff is like pain and death. And there is like. They probably shot about 10 minutes worth of original footage and just fucking loop it and cut it in. And yeah, every time I had to hear about this agent of ham, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, agent for ham. Agent for ham. That's that's a another project from the same guy. It was like yes. a mini series that he did, which I guess it's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they do stuff for the government for ham payments. Is that uh, that's what I gathered. Uh, yeah. So it, it's, this is the kind of thing where I, I don't think it, this can be a feature film in oh, the hands of Jesus, just about anyone. No. This Jesus, could be, no. 
you could do like a little three minute short or something and it would be kind of funny, but you'd, you'd have to do it a little differently. Um, the big problem here is it's all this looping footage and then there's this soundtrack and some of it is like, I don't know, like Duffer Brothers, like Stranger Things, faux 80s synth stuff. And then there's some weird like psychedelic jazz and this music is just blasting. And the entire thing, it's just, it's like a 100 minute long montage, more or less. It's just quick cuts, footage, 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 people talking over the footage, all this music blasting. It's just complete like sensory assault. Right. And, yeah. Because on top of the music, which is mixed not correctly, much too loud. Uh, the it, I mean, most of the film is subtitled without you selecting such an option just because yeah, it's just it hard couldn't coded. be watched otherwise. Yeah. I, yeah. So it. It is hard code subs, and but it's a good thing it is because the the audio is mixed so that the music track just drowns out the dialogue. And on top of the music track, there is also I would say ninety percent of the film you've got some fucking machine gun sound effect fire it off at all goddamn times. It's just yeah. insane. It's it's quite weird, and so. My initial thought on this, and I, I think it was yours too, is this is just some kid's project. Like it, it's like a high school kid messing around in Final Cut, gets a bunch of archival footage, puts this together. It's just kind of like a joke, and it's whatever. But there's there's some things going on here. First of all, Jack Allison is in this movie. He's yeah. one of like three people in the entire movie that aren't just stock footage, archival footage uh, people. Jack Allison. So the, the 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 somehow struggle session. The podcast is is in this movie. Like what? What? And then a side note to that. Uh, struggle session. When are you going to do Chop Chop Chimp? That's. I mean, you have to do it at this point, right? Like that. That has to happen. But I I don't know if that's going to go down. But so Jack Allison is in this. Which you also makes have me you, think, you also have Van Robichaux, who is. Uh, yeah, another adjacent in that group. He's uh, Evan Susser's writing partner and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, this has some like, <laughs> it's got like leftist Twitter ties. It's got podcast ties. It's got Funny or Die and like UCB and all this other stuff. Kind of these are like real people with real jobs and and like people know who they are. This isn't just like some high school kid asshole. And the other part that is very strange about this whole thing is someone tried really hard like a lot of effort went into this just thinking about this movie I mean, and you know a certain amount of effort goes into any movie that you're writing shooting cutting but this like you have to think they had this broad idea of okay there we got you know there's this monkey and this monkey did all these cia operations and all these like cia conspiracies in the past 40 years they were all done by this monkey and that's your idea and maybe it's a good one in your head i don't know but then you're going through all of this archival footage so that you can cut it up and then create a narrative out it out of it and then you're writing these talking head segments that you're also editing in so and then the stuff that's not archival footage there's like little bits of, of cgi and other things and there's there's almost like a rhythm to it that I couldn't get with, but with the music and then the the reuse of images over and over again, there's something going on here. Someone tried very very hard 
to make this. It's and, very strange because the it, it I don't disagree with you, but there is also such a laziness to some of it. It's like they simultaneously put in this immense amount of effort and put in zero effort at times. Like all of the looping footage of of the Chop Chop Chang himself with like composited on sunglasses that don't move with the fucking GIF uh, level fucking imagery that they use of this monkey moving and another composited in like cigarette. It, it's just that image is in the movie about a thousand times. And it always is like, couldn't we have like done a little something with this? It just looks like complete fucking shit. And yeah, so it's strange to me because it is obvious that this would be an immense undertaking as an editing project. And yet there's things where you're just like, couldn't you go on the extra mile on this? <laughs> you would think. Uh, and then there's, I mean, even if you if you Google the movie, it's got a website. It's got, a, you know, it's got a trailer. It's got multiple clips uploaded to YouTube. It's got a social media presence. Like, there's a full, like, not only did this guy put this thing together and put it out and get it on Amazon and and do all this stuff, but he put, like, at least the bare minimum of marketing behind it, you know? I mean, it didn't pay for anything, but it's there, and that's no small feat. Like, that stuff takes time. So I I just, I, it just blows my mind. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand anything. <laughs> I don't understand either. It, it seems like something I wish was interesting. It's just, it's not. It's fucking almost impossible to sit through. It's, it's very, it's very difficult. It's, it, it, it almost, I don't know. It, it's, it's very antagonistic towards the viewer. Just aesthetically, it's very. Like, you can't watch it for more than two minutes. Even if you watch the trailer, watch the tra the trailer is hard to sit through, and not in like a cringy, groany like, oh man, no, not like that. Like it's, it's just like, you're like man, this is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot. I don't know. I can't. Ugh. I, yeah, I, I hate, really hate this movie. I think it's fucking terrible. Uh, all, like all the humor in the movie. Well, I won't say all, I guess there's the occasional thing where you're like, eh. but that's the extent of it. Most of it is just like fucking just rock bottom, dumb, dumb bullshit. Like this, again, this agent for ham thing for fuck's sake. What are we doing? It's not funny. Stop fucking going out about it for like 20 minutes of the film. Uh, I So Agent for Ham, I, I, I would guess this is another one of those uh, series that are probably also on Amazon Prime. But I, I would also guess that it's probably exactly the same as Chop Shop J. Um, but it is the, the whole plot of this film's. As it were, it's a mockumentary about MK Ultra. So it's going through the historical record of the MK Ultra program and and how it evolved to deal with chimpanzees because they were unable to create a Manchurian candidate uh, from their human candidates. So at this stage of the program in this film's reality, they had 
several abducted chimpanzees they were training along with one man who came to be known as the agent for ham uh, because he eats lunch meat out of his pockets. Uh, I don't know. It's a very thinly sketched joke that doesn't work at all. And he's just like intercut into all of this fucking archival footage, eating oh, yeah. a piece of ham on a loop. Like, it's not even, again, it's very much like that sort of uh, GIF-style imagery where it is, it's just like a few frames of him slopping a piece of ham in his mouth with like a mind-control helmet on, and it's just like stuck in everywhere in the movie. Everywhere. I I don't understand why they thought that was so funny. I, I don't understand what agent for ham is a play on. Because it doesn't really work as a, a shield analog. I, I'm like, it's for him. Like, I, I'm just, I was going through, like, what is this doing? Like, what is, what is it playing off of? What is the joke here? Just uh, a guy yeah. eating lunch meat? That's the joke? Uh, yeah. So then it, it follows along through this period of time in the MK Ultra program through uh, an endless amount of time of of just a a chimpanzee uh, in Vietnam shooting people and uh, carrying out assassinations. And uh, you might think that that could make for something amusing. And maybe it could, but in this format where it is all depicted exactly the same way with like uh, a short video of a chimpanzee and a terrible like free digital asset of a cocking machine gun and like a terrible free CGI assets of bullet casings. And again, that constant soundtrack of rat a tat 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 And it's just looped and looped and it's very kind of psychedelic, which I suppose is fitting for the LSD story, but it is, it's not interesting visually. It's just so, so repetitive. Yeah. It's yep. a, it's a, it is, it's a three minute joke. That's a hundred odd minutes long. It's just a lot. It's exhausting. So I, it's, you know, and I, I tried to find some reviews on this, but it's, uh, it, it's a lot of 10 out of 10 reviews, but they're clearly like irony joke reviews. So there's nothing really funny to go through. I don't know who has watched this at any point. It's uh, yeah, I, I got, I got nothing on this one, man. It's it's just exhausting. Do you have any do you have any additional information to add to Chop Chop Chang Operation Chimp? Uh, I'd just like to say, don't watch this. If it sounds vaguely interesting based on the premise as an editing yeah. project or something, a weird oddity. It's not. It's not. Maybe you could pop it on, watch the first five minutes and go, Jesus Christ, and then shut it the fuck off. Um, yeah, watch the trailer. That's probably your best bet. Yeah, and and you'll hate that. It's it's immediately abrasive and shitty, and maybe that's the point. Because again, it does have comedy professionals involved with it. I tried to find out a little more about this Jack Bills fellow who directed it, but there's not a ton out there. He's he's done mainly a lot of forty five second short film things, which this would function quite well as. Uh, and he's done a funnier die web series. I'm guessing this is all just 
and and it makes sense with the presence of some of these people in the cast that it's it's very much a la improv scene type project but uh I, and I don't think that anyone who was involved in the project probably had to do much of anything. They just showed up and and sat in front of a camera and mumbled a few lines for just a few minutes. And the the rest of it is it is a product of bizarre editing choices. <laughs> it's just pretty much this guy combing through archive footage, slapping things in here or there and everywhere. And <laughs> uh, his his greatest editing choice would have been to. To cut this down significantly from 100 minutes. That that would have been ideal. That would have been ideal. All right, Myro. So let's uh, let's run through these real quick. Doggy B, uh, atrocity or curiosity? I'm going to have to say atrocity. Absolute atrocity. Yeah. Uh, Chop Chop Chang, Operation Chimp, atrocity or curiosity? I'm going to have to say an even bigger atrocity. Yeah. It's it's a curiosity, but it's absolutely atrocious. So it's an atrocity. Yeah, I really want it to be a curiosity, but it's it it will deaden any curiosity left in your soul. I think. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good way to put it. So, uh, yeah, I I as much as it hurts, I, I got I got to vote for for Chop Chop Chang this week, man. You get you win. I'm giving it to you. I I knew that was gonna happen. I <laughs> I think that. Again, it's probably the more interesting project, but it's also just fucking unwatchable. Like, I can't fathom anyone enjoying this film. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you and say that uh, Chop Chop Chang is is definitely the worst of the two. Yeah, I, normally I would try and mount a spirited defense in my movie, but I'm just I'm just going to give it to you this week. I don't I don't have the energy after watching that one. So yeah, I, I guess it, Chop Chop Chang is the is the winner. So what is what does that bring our score up to now? It's been a while. I want to say the last episode you took our our first ever uh, two point lead. So I think I think I'm still down to you one. But. Still one up on it. Well, that's okay because uh, I'm I, you know what I'm I'm Babe Ruth and I'm I'm pointing I'm calling my shots. I'm gonna beat your ass next week. So Myros, next week on Caustic Content. I'm going to be uh, making you watch a little art film called The Omnipotence of Dreams, which Amazon describes as a dark, gothic, surreal horror comedy, uh, which uh, that just means it's a jumbled mess. But based on the trailer, it looks like some early 90s like lawnmower man-esque cgi i I don't know if this is going to be animated or if that's just part of it i i don't know and the description says it was a dark and stormy night two strangers walk into a bar unfortunately these two strangers walked into the wrong bar so cool i don't it's great can't wait Myros, what am I? What am I watching with you next week? What are you so, choosing? I'm gonna turn the tables on you because normally it's it's me bringing a a highbrow film. I assume will be boring, and and you countering it with something a little more lowbrow. So, time for me to go low. I I am bringing a film called Terror at Blood Fart Lake. Uh I would read the Amazon description, but no, thank you. I I'm just. I don't need a, a trailer or a description. I'm just going solely on the title being 
uh, terror, terror at Blood Fart Lake and, and suggesting that this probably is a, a decent chance to to succeed. Yeah, man, you're 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 the Michelle Obama of optimism vaccine. When I go high, you go low. That's good. <laughs> Holy uh, shit! By the way, awful ambitious to, to to suggest to the audience we'll be releasing an episode next week. Yeah, probably not next. Yeah, next episode. Whenever it drops, it drops. We've been, uh, we've let, been, let us hope for two weeks. Uh, yeah, but we will at, at least attempt to to further this project once per month, uh, yeah. perhaps more frequently once we wrap up uh, our. James Bond journey. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot going on, but we're gonna try and we're gonna try and keep it to a, a regular ish schedule. And uh, now that I'm done moving, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit easier. So yeah. All right. Well, if you're listening right now, do us a big favor. <clears throat> there is a link in the description of this podcast, and if you click that link, it'll take you to our iTunes page. And uh, there you will find the Optimism Vaccine mega feed uh, featuring the OpVacCast, this show, Cost of Content, our James Bond retrospective with Jake and Jack that is called uh, For Your Ears Only, and a bunch of other stuff. And what you can do is you can give us a five-star review and then write something. You don't even have to write much. You don't have to actually say why you like us or don't like us. Just write, write, great show, love these guys, whatever five stars and when you do that the the star rating with the written review really helps us out makes us easier to find on itunes uh, and then you know the more people that listen uh the more stuff we can do for you guys and best of all if if you're doing it for cost of content think of it this way you are helping to preserve film okay if they're doing if the amazon algorithm says that a bad movie it it, it gets tossed if no one's watching it you can help preserve these movies so do your part as a as a good film lover and give us five stars in a written review. Uh, also, you can find Optimism Vaccine on Twitter at Optimism Vaccine. I don't you know if you e- can. I, I, I believe we were nuked out of existence by Griffin Newman. Oh, yeah. We pissed off Griffin Newman. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're, we're canceled because... He, he he's bros with Woody Allen and <laughs> and Sean pissed him off. So yeah, uh, yeah, maybe we got nuked out of existence. Maybe we're gonna get you know, maybe we're gonna get canceled now for not respecting his uh, his Woody Allen love. But whatever. Um, yeah, but may, uh, maybe we're there. Maybe we're not. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Cuff. That's at Steve C U F F. Uh, Myros isn't on Twitter because he values his sanity more than I do. Uh, but yeah, you, if you email us optimism, vaccine, gmail.com, Myros might reply to your email. So feel free to do that. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps things up and we will, uh, we'll see you next time. I gotta think of something better to say than we'll see you next time. Cause it's a fucking podcast. I can see anything. <laughs> <laughs>